Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. We're going to talk about four shifts to transformation. And, um, or of transformation. It, it, I'm kind of maybe nervous, believe it or not, because I'm going to do something a little bit different. Um, I'm not going to preach today because I have a lot of information I want to share. So I'm just going to kind of be a little apostolic, kind of share some things with you, and, and that way we can be sure to get through it. So it may not be, you know, one of those super emotional, you know, get all fired up times, but um, hopefully it will be a, a time of learning. A couple things I want to just kind of take advantage of until my timer starts. Oops. <laughs> Oh, well, I'll take advantage anyway, you know, if we find out that we can do that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I love the, the atmosphere and some of the statements Pastor Andy was saying. You know, first of all, I don't know if it's intentional or I love the fact that I not once did he say the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit is not a thing. It's, it's a person. He's a person. And the fact that even just recently something that had come to my attention a few months ago <clears throat> I was wondering, why do we invite the presence of God? Isn't that kind of ridiculous? I mean, he's already there. He's wherever we are. Wherever we go, there he is. So it just kind of does something, I think, to our mental stability to think that we have to invite the presence of God. He is in us. He is with us. You know, And so the kingdom of God is within us, among us, through us. And so I just want to take advantage of that. I appreciate that. So um, I'm going to have you, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do this, see if I can sit down. I was going to go down there, but this looks like a big table to move. Oh, good, because this is kind of low. Just spin it. Hey, we're, don't spin it over, right? And I want to get up high. So I feel like I'm standing, but not, you know, but. Maybe feel like I can behave myself a little more if I'm, if I'm sitting like you are. Besides, that's kind of cool. I get to sit and you're sitting. I mean, you know, this is a new concept. So you're going to have to help me stick to my notes. So no preaching allowed. If I get off track and start preaching, kind of give me a heads up, you know, something that a sign that I'm preaching. Are we ready? Let's strap it on. I will, I will add one thing to, to the whole, um, our, our notices and information, which I noticed a couple spelling errors, like our visit of a first parent rather than partner. So this video was done. One of our guys in Honduras, which is a graduate, he's on staff, does not really speak English. He just kind of has learned some English. And, and so um, given that, I should have probably looked at it a little bit quicker, but you know. It's funny when you can watch it in your phone as opposed to on a big screen. How many things you see that you don't see on your phone when you're traveling? And, oh, that looks good to me. Ship it. And so he did. So that's my fault. Um, is that, you know, we obviously, if it's, if it's obvious, it, not able to have students on campus um, even still. So, we're, you know, we have our students come in for a week, a month. Not all of them, but a, a few of them at a time. And so that's kind of what we're doing, those that are aware of, you know, our student and, and projects that we have. But again, um, to know that eight, over 18,000 people have been impacted by the gospel this year, this is 2021, when 
when, you know, supposedly you can't do anything. But, you know, in, in Christ, we can do all things. And I think that um, for being a little bit rebellious kind of a person, trying to find a way to, you know, not live in a box, has really helped us. And, it, and part of that's what I want to share about, this, this shift. Four major shifts, I believe, are taking place if we can take advantage of them. Okay, shift number one. Are we ready? Let's strap it on. Here we go. Behaving myself, shift number one, shift one of four, um, the shift from change to transition. You know, we may be aware, but I will just add to it. You know, change and tra- transition are not the same thing. Hello. Change is an event. And obviously change, we were talking earlier already, even though I think it was Kay, right? We were talking about change. She didn't know we were going to talk about change, but change is constant. There's no way to avoid change. Is the more we like things to say the same, forget it. You know, that's the, you're going to have a hard time. So change is an event, but transition is a process. We can't stop change, but what we can do is, is while change happens to us, then transition is how we respond to that change. So we're all in a transition, voluntarily or not, but every one of us today is in a transition. And can you see that as a good thing? You know, when anything happens globally, there's something God is doing. Thank you for that enthusiasm. That was almost preaching. I'm off my notes already, and you're, you know, so you really strapped it on, right? Um, Something is happening. What we need to do is respond to the change with transition. Okay? So change is a situation. So we're under a global situation. There's a situation as a result of that that causes other situations in our life. And we always have faced situations. How many have had situations and circumstances? But that's what change is. But transition is the processing that we use to respond to that change. Transition is the response that we intentionally or unintentionally do because change can, I mean, transition can be intentional or non-intentional, but it's, you're in a transition. All of us are, are in transitions and have gone through transitions in our life. So, and if we're not intentional, if we're not intentional about the transition, let's, let me, can I say this? It's going to be a hellish ride. I tried to water that down as much as I could, but, but you know, it, it's going to be a, a, a hellish long trip if we're not intentional about our, our transition. Are we okay? I mean, I know there's not going to be a whole lot of amens and shouting and whoops and jumping pews while, the, you know, we don't do pews anymore, right? Thank God. Stunk anyway. So, um, <laughs> that slipped out. But, but, but here's something to keep in mind. I, sometimes I feel like I still um, want to preach, you know, so I'm okay. Just go like this. Do that. Do that. Just so, okay, feel comfortable doing that so that I'm, you know. But keep in mind, you know, we can, <laughs> this is really a revelation for me, believe it or not. Um, we can only live one day at once. I, I, I was famous for preparing and living three days from now. Before, I mean, you know, how do we know how we're going to live tomorrow when we haven't completely lived today? 
See, we don't know the changes that are going to take place. We don't know what the transition is going to do in our lives by the end of the day. So, yeah, we can make our plans. We know we've got this planned out, but we can only live today. And I think we miss a lot of what happens today because we're trying to do it tomorrow. So, example, let's, let's you know, this. I, I was not allowed by God for 12 months to use the word COVID. He, he clearly said, COVID is a name, but there is a name above all other names. So I was, I was not allowed to say. So even when I still say it, I'll, I'll call it the COVID dimension. So the COVID dimension is change. But the transition is what is required to adapt to the change. I mean, we can, if we just did history, we're going to find out the world has been under all kinds of changes. Our lives have been under changes. But the, the deception, if you will, of this particular change is the enemy has preempted it with fear so that we don't go into the change with the kind of transitional preparation, most of us. And so it's what's required. That transition is what re- is required to adapt to the change. And the only way we're going to move forward is by being the best version of ourselves. The best version that we can be today. I forgot. Okay. I got a, I have a rule. If I do one vert shift in five minutes, I'm going to have enough time to close. So, um, so be the best version of you in everything you do today. I mean, don't look at me so, so santo, so holy. How many times do we let moments just go by through frustration, irritation, anger, disappointment, sadness, fear, and that moment is gone? We weren't the best version of ourselves during that moment. And I'm, 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 you know, I'm preaching to the choir on that one. I, I, I a lot of times have those moments when that probably wasn't the best version of me during that moment, but I'm learning how to shorten those inappropriate moments. But we have to be intentional about it. So, um, let's finish, shift one this way. Nobody succeeds alone. I mean, I could pre- that's a whole message. So, think about it. None of us ever have success by ourselves. Nobody. I mean, even if you're a professional golfer, you know, you're the only one out on the, on the course, you didn't get there by yourself. It took coaching, training, uh, you know, hello. So if we're going to shift through the change into transition, we have to realize we're not going to do it alone. Hello, body of Christ. So shift one is from change to transition. Shift number two, okay, is the shift from transition to transformation. You see, transition and transformation are also not the same. Transition to transformation is a process, or let's call it a journey. And that's the reason and the purpose for the transition. The transition from caterpillar to, to butterfly starts in that preparation. He's, he prepares himself for the transformation. So they're two different things. So the transition is a process. The profit or the benefit is in the process, not the destination. 
In transition, it's not like we're going to get somewhere and say, I've arrived, I've made my transition. Because it is actually the process of the transition that we get our benefit. If we're forced through transition and we're not taking advantage and learning and growing through the transition, we'll never effectively get into transformation, which is what we really want. We don't want to stay in a cocoon. We don't want to stay a, a caterpillar, which I have a new book called Tips to Transformation, so we can get into it a little bit deeper. Sales pitch, right? Now, transition, while it has no destination, transition really doesn't have a destination to speak of. It does, I'm, I'm sorry, transformation. I'm sorry, forgive me. Transformation doesn't have a destination. I'm going to explain why. But it does have its achievements. And we're going to get into some scripture here to, to put all this together. So it, the example, they transition from seed to the full ear. The transformation is the full ear. But how many knows it doesn't stay the full ear of the corn? It's been transformed from a seed to a whole ear. But we're not done. Now we're going to eat it. We're going to sow some of it. Hello. And so really the transformation is the beginning of a new change. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Hope you're getting something out of this. You see, transformation does not end at the harvest. It really just starts a whole new cycle. So let's read some scripture to tie this and the following uh, together. Mark 4, 26 through 28, reading from the New Living Translation, talking about the parable of the growing seed. I, I changed it up a little bit. The parable of the growing seed. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like, say like, that means it's an analogy. Thank you for your enthusiasm. I mean, you know, it's not like it's this, it's, it's a like. I love it in Spanish. I mean, it's the same word, but I, I, I guess I like everything better in Spanish now. It's actually easier for me to speak in Spanish. But it is like a farmer. It's kind of like a farmer, or is it compared to a farmer who scatters the seed on the ground? Where does he scatter the seed? On the ground. Hello? Say seed. seed. Okay? Now, this is what's interesting. Verse 27. Day and night, whether he is asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows. You know what? We can't do anything with our seed once it's sown. We can't, we can't really help it along. Oh, yeah, we water it. We kick out the weeds. But we can't do anything with the seed. In fact, if you mess with the seed, you've messed with your harvest. Some of you probably should have heard that. We don't want to mess with our seed. You never notice you're trying to help it along like it's, like it's you know, your investments in stocks? You can work with that a little bit, but not your spiritual seed, not the seed that you want for the kingdom of God to grow. And where does the kingdom of God grow? It starts within us. Go like this. You got me preaching. But I like it because it says day and night, whether he's asleep or awake, the seed that you've planted, where it should be planted, on the ground, not in your wallet, not in your backyard, not in your new car, on the ground, somewhere where it can grow, it's going to work because the seed does its work. But the farmer has no understanding how it happens. You know, it really is pretty true because even our fancy farmers knows how it works, but they don't really know how it works. They just know if they do this, this is what happens. 
I kind of love that secret about something that we supposedly should have knowledge on, but we really don't know. We, we know the process it goes through, but we can't explain how that really happens. That a seed that could produce life dies to produce more life. The pause is for effect. I'm just trying to see if, you know, you're picking up on some of the things here. So he doesn't understand how it happens. It's the land. It says the land. Say that with me. Land. The land, the soil, the ground, the place of the seed being sown produces the crop by itself. So many Christians want to help. Golly. And maybe online, wherever online is, you're catching this. It does it by itself. First, say first. Why is first first? Because it's not second. First, a leaf appears. Then, say then, the ear is formed. And finally, say finally, the grain matures. You see, that's the, that's the, the transition to transformation. Do you see that? And then it says, as soon as the grain is ready, oh, here comes the farmer again, and he goes and cuts it because the harvest has come. So the farmer knows how to sow the seed, and he knows how to harvest it. In the meantime, he doesn't have any idea what's going on. Don't try to figure out. Too many people are trying to figure out what's going on. Stop trying to figure out what's going on and just let God be God. And we'll have a whole lot less division among the church. You see, transformation, that is transformation. Say harvest. We need to take on the mindset, I'm over five minutes, that I can turn water into wine. You got to catch this fast because I'm over time. See, that is to say we can take something in his hand, in our hand, a seed, whatever it is, could be a staff, it could be a stone, just to kind of, you know, biblicize it. We have to, we, see, to have the mindset that I can turn water into wine is because water is available. That's my seed. But I can convert what I have available into abundance. I can turn what I have available into joy. I can turn what I have available into anointing. That's shift two. Shifting from transition to transformation. Say shift three and hurry up. Now we want to shift from transformation to cultural engineering. How many's ever heard that term? Cultural engineering. Never. You heard it here first, folks. But you know, we are cultural engineers. We're just not very intentional about it. We're more reactive than proactive. And, and you know, it's because we were trained churchy-wise that if, like you said, if you do this, then God can do that. And there's certain truth to that, but it has to stay within the truth, not get blurred by the religion, tradition, and the things like inviting the presence of God. To define culture, 
I got this real long definition. So are you ready? To define culture is simply behavior. Or the way we do things here. That's culture. You see, you have a culture. It's, it's not going to be this, within this church. You have a culture. Then you have a different culture in your home. Then you walk into a different culture when you go to work. Then you go into a different culture when you go to, to Walmart as opposed to, I don't know, some jewelry store. How many knows you, there's a whole different culture from the jewelry store than Walmart? Hello? You probably don't go from the farm to the jewelry store, generally speaking, especially if you, if you have cattle. So there's culture in everything we do. It's how we behave. So culturing, cultural engineering is the art of matching our values to our beliefs. You see, sometimes we have beliefs, but our values don't necessarily match what we say we believe. So we say one thing, but our behavior is a little bit different. So once we kind of match our values to what we believe, we affect our behavior. See, a lot of times we try to change our behaviors, and how many knows that lasts for three weeks if you're, if you're really, really good? You know, going to the gym. How many's ever tried that behavior a few times? But until you match your value, you find value and you believe there's a reason for doing this, it has value to me, then you'll change, you'll, you'll change your behavior. How do we apply that to the church? How do we apply that to the kingdom of God? A lot of times we believe in things, but we're not behaving because our value of what we say we believe is not the same. You see, your behavior is what your culture really is, no matter what you say it is. Oh, we believe it that it, you know in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How's your behavior? Well, we believe in miracles. What's your behavior tell you? Well, we believe that anyone can come through those doors your behavior will determine. Thank you for, I know it's not. Atomic behaviors will destroy a positive culture. Why do I say that? Because we all have a few habits that are atomic. <laughs> you know what I mean by atomic? Destructive. But it's just our behavior. Well, it's just the way we are. Well, then let's change our beliefs or change our values to match so that our behavior will follow. Because every time um, something, anything becomes sacred, it becomes unchangeable. So every once in a while, we need to barbecue some of our sacred cows. Just kind of look at, you know, I'm doing this because it's habit, not because I really believe it. That's a, that's a good time to have a barbecue. Okay, so shift three was shifting from transformation to cultural engineering. And you understand we could talk hours on each one of these. So I'm just trying to, to get some things to happen here today. So I want to really end with some homework for you. So I'm going to give you homework, like life work. Oh, no, I was just hoping for a prayer and enthusiasm, and it'll all be a miracle. 
and that's another teaching. You know, every miracle needed to have, um, what's the word in English? Materia prima? Like, um, yeah, every miracle took the investment of something. Hello? Whether it was taking your muddy eyes and washing it in a dirty river, or being paralyzed and actually standing up. Every miracle takes. So that's why there's going to be homework. You know, life work. Okay, shift four. Shift four out of four. That sounds like we're getting to the end. <laughs> be not deceived. There's still the close. <laughs> now, shift four is the need to sometimes re-engineer a culture. Some things we can engineer. How many know sometimes we need to re-engineer? You know what I mean by that? We, it's kind of like reverse engineering. How do we re reverse engineer our culture? Well, first of all, we must unlearn certain what are now unproductive habits. They used to be productive. But in the change and the transition, they're no longer really productive. One of the things the Lord showed me a few years ago with what we were doing in Honduras is, you know, that used to be very productive. It doesn't fit today. Why keep doing it? Wow, we're, we're really good at it. <laughs> yeah, but you're good at something that no longer is effective. I mean, we used to farm with a horse and a plow. It's effective. It works. Is it, very, is it really worth doing it today? Are you with me? So... In order to re-engineer a culture, we start, this is just the start, I can't get into all of it, but I thought this would be a good starting point, celebrating small victories. I've noticed that the church has a hard time celebrating small victories. You know, we have this plan, we're going to build this building, and when we get the foundation in, it's like, ah, oh, man, we still got to, whoa, that's a celebration, y'all. Here's an example. How... Wanting to live a pain-free life. And if you've ever had pain, constant, chronic, or even temporary, how many knows pain stinks? And, I mean, one day can be as a thousand years if you're in pain. But I want to live a pain-free life, and you have a pain-free hour, but you don't celebrate it. I'm going to celebrate, I slept all night last night. I mean, those that know me know that's, that's a celebration. That's one night, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to celebrate it. I slept from 11 to, to 4.50. Nonstop. Anybody that lives in pain needs to recognize when there's an hour of free of pain, that's worth celebrating. Oh, but I can't say I want a pain-free life. Here's what happens. If you miss the celebration in a small victory, talking about reverse engineering, and I'll, I'll give some other things here in just a moment. If we, we'll never have the celebration experience to celebrate the big wins if we don't learn to celebrate the small ones. To celebrate a big win, we have to have the experience of celebrating. 
But once we get a big win, big win, and we're not used to celebrating the small ones, when we get to the big win, we have the grand opening of the new building. We're already thinking about all the things we still have to do. Oh, now we got to pay more for this. We got to hire this. We got to we got to get ready for that. We got the building, but now we don't have the programs. And then, but we don't celebrate the big victory because we didn't celebrate the small victories along the way. And that is, to me, something the church needs to learn. It's called gratitude. It's the time's fault, not mine. Moving on to the closure. First of all, before I give you your homework, and actually I'm going to give you four points. Four points, no poems. But before... I want to advise, do not go or even try to go back to a previous version of normal. I've had it up to here with the word normal. I never liked the word normal when normal was normal. But how are we going to go back to a previous version of normal when that normal can no longer exist? We've all been affected by this constant intense change that if we intentionally go through the transition to get to a transformation, we can begin to develop a new culture. And that may require unculturizing a few things because really they don't fit anymore. Like the acceptance of maybe half the congregation or more is, is watching. Congregation, that's kind of an old word. Is watching by, by, by the internet. And maybe they're not even watching it right now. Because they're at work. It used to be, oh man, you have to work on Sunday? That's like a sin. And then we kind of got to where we could accept working on Sunday. But then, oh man, you missed a great service. You always miss the best ones. On the day that you, you know, at least that's what everybody says. Now I don't have to miss it. I get to watch it when I want. And if I want to back up and get the replay, cool, I couldn't. He was talking way too fast for that. I, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to write it down. Now I got it. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You know what else you need to be careful of? Not to try to go back to an older version of yourself. You see, we always just want to get through it so we can go back to, oh my gosh. We don't go through the fire to go back to the other side of the fire. And all this could preach, unfortunately. So let's use this season, whatever season you're in, use this season as a blessing for re-engineering your culture. So the re-engineering of culture or behavior begins with, number one, here's the four points, number one, observing what no longer works with excellence. Say observing. In other words, does that still work? Number two, work backwards to identify outdated beliefs. Oh, snap. Some of us have some beliefs that are definitely outdated. They were 100% great beliefs when we first got them. Oh, man. I'll, I'll leave it up to Pastor Andy to fix all this up, okay? Number three, define the culture you want. You know, we want a different culture, different behaviors, but we don't define what it is we want. Oh, I just want change. I want something different. Well, what do you want? Uh, something different. That's define. Say define. And design how to make it happen. 
You know, Henry Ford just didn't, hey, I, you know what? I got this idea of a car. Okay, what's that? What's well, an automobile? Why, what's that? You got to design how to make it happen. We have to design how we want to make the kingdom of heaven continue to grow. Because it's in us. And then finally, number four, develop. Say develop. Actually develop. Engineer the culture that will give you the desired results. Because once we know what we want, then we can begin to develop the behaviors that we need to develop so that we can achieve what it is we want to achieve. So homework, two questions. Here's the two questions to take home with you. Number one, what things do you have or that you need to undo or dismantle? I like that better. What are some things that, what are some things that you need to dismantle, take apart? in your culture, in your behavior, before you can design a new one. You see, we all have to unlearn something before we can learn something new. In one way or another, the only way we can do something new is to undo something we do. It just it works that way. We don't have the time to get into all of the, the psychology behind it. But really, we have to undo something before we can do something new. So what is it that you have to dismantle? Whoa, no wonder. That piece is definitely wore out. You see, this is not a negative thing. This, this is just being proactive. You know what? I remember when I got that. I remember that revelation. That was really awesome. But I'm living in 2021. Thank you for that support. I know some of us want to go back to 2019, but that's not going to happen either. Number two, as leaders in development, that's all of us, because we're all leaders, because we all have influence. Just to remind everybody, you're a leader. Thank you for your enthusiasm. You have influence. That's what leadership is. So what negative emotions, uh-oh, I've got to look at myself. What negative emotions do you feel that prevents you from breaking the invisible barrier to greater success? You see, we all have this invisible barrier that's keeping us from greater success. So we just say, well, you know, I've made it this far. That's pretty good. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Are you getting a little something out of this? Yes. I need to close. But before I do, um, I just wanted to share something quickly. I know I, I, Pastor Andy is aware of some you know, things that we're doing differently and I'm doing differently in, in life. Um, I'm, I'm converting my decades of, of missiology experience into, um, I guess, what I'm calling for the moment leadership coaching or, 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 I don't know. But basically, in a nutshell, I'll just read what I have. I train leaders who feel that their impact has diminished or is in a transitional stage. They have a vision but not sure how to get there. I help them to design, discern their why, and develop a strategic plan that will have a generational, transformational mission. And so that's what I've been doing as well in my life for the last, what, two, almost two years. About two years I talked to, talked to you about it. I think it was exactly two years ago when we were here. We're just kind of getting. So um, I've been working with different leaders. And, and the thing of it is, there's only one leader out of all the ones that I'm working with that I'm doing face-to-face. -face. It's, all, it's all Zoom and some from other nations. So it's kind of cool doing transformational mission you know, because we all have a mission. 
But how do I get there? And part of it is, is within these, these giftings and, and shifts that I'm talking about. So basically, I, I, I take 20 minutes with you um, on a call, begin to give you some insights to yourself, um, you know, kind of help unlock some of the dormant, unrealized, undeveloped gifts that you already have. You see, we all have gifts that we haven't, we haven't discerned yet. We all have gifts that we have not yet developed or discerned. And so if you're interested in knowing more about that, um, you can check out the table um, and sign up. Is there, we're going to have music? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to steal, what, three minutes, two minutes for, for prayer. Um, <clears throat> if you're interested, sign up. What we're going to do is going to give you free two chapters, the first two chapters of my book. I'm going to give you free on tips of transformation just to kind of, um, and then we'll do a 20-minute, um, what I guess what we're calling a strategy call, just to see if it's something that you'd be interested in. Uh, and as well, what, what Ingris was mentioning, if you're not getting our email newsletters, you know, f- sign up, get a free coffee, um, and then um, that way we can, we'll just be emailing you just some updates. We do this about twice a month now, just like short, nice, full of pictures. People love pictures. I want to pray, and I'm and, and I honestly am not sure what I'm going to pray. I just know that um, the Lord gave me a word, if you will. You know, I, I guess we can still do that. Um, something that I felt was very specific to this church is that God has a specific why for this church. It's not to be analyzed or compared to to any other. Um, when we say church, we understand we're looking at a local local body, local church. There's one church, but still Jesus sent letters to seven different churches or areas that had different needs and situations. So this one has a very specific situation, and this particular group, this particular culture has a very specific why that God wants to plant within you. And I believe that this is the reason why he's given me this message. It's very specific to you guys. It's not something, you know, I'm just, other than something that's in my heart, but this particular grouping uh, of points today was very specific for you because I believe God is setting you up for a very specific why. By that, I mean why you're here. The reason that it's you right now. The reason that you are who you are and what God has done in you to this point is because collectively God has a why for this specific church. And each one of you are part of developing that why. Does that make sense? Can I say that why? You know what I mean? So I just want to, I want to pray for you just kind of that, um, you know, I don't like the term because of what religion has done, but, you know, I do have an an apostolic anointing. We've planted 106 churches in Honduras. We're still networking with them. It's not like we're just throwing them out there to the wolves. And, um, I mean, you know, we've impacted over 18,000 people in 2021. And this is only July, so I think we've got some chance to do some more. But, you know, I have learned we can't do anything alone. And so I'm very quick to say we because I know it's not me. I know it's not us. It's, it's a we thing. So God has a, a, a why for this we. And 
it will come from within you, among you, and obviously, you know, there's going to be direction from, from your pastors. But don't see anything. This is just coming up to me right now. Don't see or view or observe things as happenstance. Well, that's just the way Pastor Andy is. Or I think many times God is going to be using and has been using him in ways that he's not even aware of. Just put, God put something, you know, as we say in our Christendom terms, you know, he's put something in my spirit. But he speaks to us spirit to spirit. And a lot of times we think we have great ideas. You ever notice that? But mostly all of our good ideas never came from us in the first place. And I don't mean to get spooky, you know, all that stuff, but I believe we I believe that God just speaks to us so naturally, we think it's us. And that's okay. But let's just remember we still have a part of us that we have to rely on completely in God's direction. So if you if you would, close your eyes, stand, whatever you, let's just, just, just pray that God will use us in the way that he can use us. Because you know what? Every one of us is a different person. Every one of us has a different DNA. Every one of us has a different purpose. Every one of us have a different reason for being the way we are. And you know what? You are exactly the way you are because your experiences, your, 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 the training that God has given you through your experiences. I didn't like some of my experiences. I didn't like some of my, my situations. They really were, they, they, they sucked. But by coming through those, God was able to say, you know what? Let's turn that water into wine. Let's turn that rock into some bread. Let's just say, you know, that was meant for evil but I'm going to turn it into something good. No evil can come from our God. But I tell you what, he is the evil changer. So Father, you are God, you are creator. You are universe, you are us. You, we say you are everything and we don't even understand, but we know. You are God over the very Adam that makes up a part of who we are and you are the God of the expansive universes. Reveal individually, collectively to Faith City Church all of the, how the change and transition has been transforming to prepare this body for the culture that you have designed for them to be for this very specific time. None of us are in the wrong time frame. None of us are in the wrong uh, uh, season of birthing. This is exactly where you have us called to be for the time that we are living. And what an honor it is. We take authority over our religious attitudes because we, we have them and we recognize that we're doing some things out of tradition. And maybe we can just begin to evaluate with the help of Holy Spirit to say, you know what? I really enjoyed this, but it's no longer for this season. And that God 
by his spirit and his word begins to reveal the replacement, the development and, and increase of belief and faith because what we believe determines the level of our faith. We are made for so much more. And we don't need to ask you, Father, that you would give us that. We need to ask that you would reveal what you have already placed within us. That we ourselves, by our cultures, have been able or have overlooked what's right there. I love how God said to Moses, What do you have in your hand? It's like this stick, dude. Come on. But each of us have something in our hands that we can convert to seed, that we can convert into something to be used in a new, unique, and supernatural way for the advancement of your kingdom. Because ultimately, Father, that is our heart's desire, is to honor you and to advance your kingdom. So, Father, let your anointing, let your grace be and your name be lifted up in such a way that we can see what you have right there beside us. Not an obstacle, but an opportunity. Not a battle, but a victory. Saul's army was great, and it did exactly what you had it to do. But then there was this time for David's army. So we just thank you, Father, for the purpose, the call, the why that you have placed upon this church and declare right now there is no evil that can stand in the way of the multitudes of people that can be reached through this place right here in Jesus' name. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, We pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.